if we can't as professionals be our best selves we can't then help the best if that makes sense so in a way i, I kind of turn it full circle and it's like you need to look after yourself if you want to be good to others Welcome back to the Dental Head Start Podcast. I'm Graham Pearson, and if you really want to know how Dental Head Start started, then this episode is for you. Erica and I had a great chat with David, where we spoke about how Dental Head Start started and where it came from and and where it's going. David has some really great insights, and being someone who's five years out of dental school, he's the epitome of what Dental Head Start is and learning about what his story is and his experiences are in practice and outside of practice too. David has some really great advice around topics like mentorship, communication, and just enjoying life. So have a listen. Let us know what you think. In 2022, we're hoping to have a mantra of giving back and we're hoping that you could get involved too and help someone else get a head start in life. We'll have more information about this, but in the meantime, enjoy our interview with David Keir. Welcome back to the Dental Head Start Podcast. We are your hosts, Graham. And Erica. And today we are joined with our very special guest, our very own David Keir. David, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. It's very strange. Everyone says this, but it's pretty strange to be on the other side of the microphone. I prefer to ask the question, so um, we'll see how we go. But it will be it will be uh, it will be good to share some things and talk a bit about the future and um, maybe about the past as well. So, and welcome to you guys, some of the hosts of the Dental Head Start podcast. Yeah, we're we're turning the tables around a little bit today, but it should be fun. And like you know, like you said, David, we've got a lot to cover um, in today's talk. Like lots to share, lots to talk about Dental Head Start's future because it's something we've been teasing our guests a lot for the over the last few months, right? Um, but I think before we delve into the future, I think we should wind it all back and perhaps you know talk a little bit about how did Dental Head Start start. Yeah, it's it's a good question. I guess if people have been listening for a long time, they might have heard some of these bits. But um, Dental Head Start was a joint venture for myself and Dr. James Zerbalis. We wanted to kind of get those little tips that help you have a head start in private practice. So the point is to help someone who graduates and goes into private practice to get the things that you don't get at uni. And the reason for that is what we were pretty we were working together. Perhaps we were a bit bored and wanted to create something. Um, I had just come from about well, over ten years of like uh, part time dental assisting, and the things I learned from that were hugely beneficial in those first six months of um, private practice. And so it just started as trying to get a few tips and bits out there. I hope, like not trying to be experts, not trying to know everything, just those little things that if you're watching a dentist, you might learn. But if you've never had that opportunity, you may not know and it could save you so much. So we were writing a blog and just, just trying to get a little bit of content out for fun. Um, I'd spent the last probably 10 years listening to podcasts and a, like a huge portion of that was dentistry, especially as a student. I was, um, I was, um, what's the word? Obsessed, I guess. And perhaps like the insecurities of like wanting to know everything. And um, so I listened to tons of podcasts, a lot from the US, and there was nothing in Australia that was getting those stories of the great, particularly Australian dentists or the people that we look up to and see their content. Um, and trying to get the story behind that. So the podcast launched from there and that was more my venture on my own and it, it kind of it grew obviously you know, from there and fairly quickly. Now we're 
coming up on three years, I think, which is kind of crazy too. Um, and the strangest thing is like starting a podcast as someone who loves podcasts, but I like to listen because I, I'm an introvert. So it was a very strange like diving into the unknown, but I've, it was great and I've learned so much and I really hope, I really hope everyone out there with 150,000 listens, I hope everyone else has learned a lot as well. It was good fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, you say, and I think you talk a lot about, and a lot of our listeners would have heard you talking about having done 10 years of dental assisting, Yeah. right? How did you get into that situation? Like, did you always want to be a dentist? Because you said you got, you know, pretty obsessed with it. Like, was that, you know, what led you to dental assisting and then doing that for 10 years and then venturing into dentistry? Yeah, it's that's a good question. I um, definitely not or I didn't always want to do dentistry. I was um, my like friends and the where I grew up doing a being a doctor or a dentist or something that was totally impossible. It was not something ever thought of. Like I, I was toying with dropping out in year ten, and then I was toying with different things, and then then it was engineering, and that was a big like um, goal uh, that I wasn't sure I could kind of achieve. And the big reason for that was actually the work. I was doing at the time I was being I was a dental assistant um, and so the dentist had pushed me quite hard and supported me is a better word actually into working hard and trying hard um, and so I I wanted to do engineering and I got into engineering and then I realized that I actually really enjoyed my work it was a small small practice um, Dr. Robert Target is still there he's really someone who's changed my life and he um yeah, supported me in what I was doing, but also showed me like the joy of it, I guess, joy of helping patients and the like working with your hands. There's a little bit of material science, there's small business, all those different things all tied up into one. And so then I, you know, found out you didn't have to just get 99.9 to get in. You could do a, you know, the postgrad pathway. And, and uh, you know, surprisingly to myself, I guess, like went down that path, did medical science, um, did GAMSAT, somehow went well in that. But then, then I was totally burnt out, went overseas, two years off, met my wife, you know, came back really, really eager to 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 make that career, if that makes sense. So earning $12 an hour in Canada was not going to be my forever role, um, although it was a lot of fun. It, it gave me a lot of purpose that time off. And then, yeah, I came back and into dentistry. So for me, it was dentistry or like honestly, most people say dentistry or like medicine and, you know, it was kind of second choice. For me, it would have been I would have gone into engineering if I didn't get into dentistry. I, I probably would have stayed away from the medical field medicine to me is not what I loved it was it was everything that dentistry has and you hear a lot of people say that they had so many um no they're so happy they went down that dental path because it is so unique in that it gives you that quality of life and work-life balance and things as well and um yeah all those things it's just really worked out quite well but I, I became a dental assistant because I needed a couple of fillings because I drank tons of coke as a teenager <laughs> <laughs> Classic, classic story. Yeah, you've got to learn the hard <laughs> way, right? <laughs> How did that lead into dental assisting though? Did you work for the dentist that did all their fillings for you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, I just did them myself. No, um, I, I, I was actually really curious um, and uh, as a year, I was in year 10, however old that is, and I was asking lots of questions and, and I was genuinely curious and always have been in those different situations. And um, the, the dentist, that one that I worked for, um, Robert, he uh, offered me work experience, just a year 10 work experience that one week that we kind of do. Um, I think they still do it. And then from there, he said, oh, well, you know, you could do a part-time job after work because he worked a, a three till seven shift. He had quite an interesting kind of split shift day. 
Um, and so I was able to do like two days a week from year end of year 10 kind of time maybe year 11 and 12 and then all through medical science and then um on and off with travel and on, on and off with um dentistry as well so with that experience when i came back from travel i then worked as an assistant for um an oral and maxillofacial surgeon in brisbane um dr mark tuffley which was an amazing experience as well i was more a patient coordinator and hospital coordination and, and a bit of the la work in office because most is ga work um, but that was obviously like you know amazing to see and quite interesting um, in hindsight. Like now that I understand it all as well, like what I did see compared to just general dentistry, and then through um, through dental school, I had a little bit of work with Prof. Um, Professor Anthony Al, um, the prosthodontist and orthodontist um, in that practice, and yeah, that was great experience as well so like a, a bit of exposure to different disciplines as, uh, at the same time and I, I really and i've always said if you've got the opportunity to be an assistant or even just to observe or any of that i, I really think that gives you a lot of skills that you can use as a professional when you graduate yeah and i think it's something that i've been talking to my younger cousins a lot about as well because they're like finishing year 12 and deciding like what to do with their futures and i say like being so sheltered growing up, sometimes we can have ideas of what we want to be, but you don't actually know until you get to see it. And I feel like you very much immersed yourself in the dental world before really stepping foot and deciding you wanted to do it. And like, what did you feel like you gained from seeing all these different dental pathways, like seeing a general dentist and then the specialists? Did it just like show you how complex dentistry was or do you feel like you learned a lot of clinical skills patient management like what did you gain yeah yeah uh, probably all of those things right like patient management for sure um like if you think about what you learn at dental school you're learning the practical side but your exposure to how to work with a patient is only what you've seen and so working with different professionals can give you that insight that that was a huge thing for sure um it showed me that i wanted general dentistry as well um like i like the continuity of care um, you know, the contact, you get referrals from those patients and their family and things as opposed to a specialist practice, which, you know, is amazing in its own right, but then you're usually seeing patients for one problem and then they're gone. Um, so, yeah, that little thing I definitely noticed. But uh, I would say probably the biggest thing you learn is is that communication stuff, which you've heard me, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know I, I really think it's important and it's something that I think the ability to communicate is something that's helped me a lot in my early stage of my career. Um, and yeah, it's something that it's worth considering no matter what stage you're at. I just have another, you know, following up from that then after all these years of like, if you've talked about like the journey, like what, you know, straight from high school, the work experience, and then dental assisting for 10 years, figuring out like, okay, this is what you want to do over engineering. Do you remember the day that you got accepted then and what it felt like and what it was like going through dental school? <laughs> I remember... You know, what I remember more was the day that I found I actually passed GAMSAT. So, when I was um, – I did GAMSAT twice when I was doing medical science and these were both done in Sydney and I went really quite well. I probably could have got into um, any like medicine, anything. Um, and then I went traveling and let them both lapse. So, they were both great marks and I wasn't sure <laughs> that I would ever get it again. Um, and so, I'm in Canada and I had to travel from Whistler, BC, which is – the west side over to Washington DC on the east side um, of the continent to do the GAMSAT test and 
I was like, I was traveling and partying and snowboarding. That's all I was doing. So I wasn't in that same mental academic state. Um, and so I was pretty worried whether I passed that or not. And so went back after that, um, finished off the season and went to Central America and went backpacking with my um, girlfriend and now wife, Juanita, who was actually the editor of this podcast at the start. And so, <laughs> thank you, Graham, for taking her on. Uh, she, she's appreciating that. Um, she was very good. But she, <laughs> um yeah, we were in Nicaragua. I had like a real bad like stomach bug, you know, food poisoning kind of thing or whatever. It's like raining but like 30 degrees and humid and then the power goes out. We had we actually paid for a place that had aircon, which was a huge like, you know, that was a lot of money for us then. Um, we had to pay for a little little room with aircon, but the power goes out, so we have no aircon. Sick. And then I find out I passed and I was like, wow, like that was like a pivotal moment like all right we're doing this <laughs> um like we need to get in now so and yeah so getting into dentistry I, I was working for the surgeon and they were so wonderful they were so supportive but I felt really bad because I'd been working there for just six months before I left because I got in but they were supportive from day one to the end they were wonderful wonderful people and then how was dental school for you then I came from a as I said, like a family in a background where I didn't feel, I, I felt like I was kind of punching above my weight, if that makes sense. And it was kind of out of my league. So to be honest, and I don't know if people have heard this on the podcast or anything, but I, I did quite well. First year, I, I kind of topped the year. And that was because I was just so scared of failing. Like I, Honestly, it was, it was a fear of failure, I think, that pushed me almost excessively. And I'm also like quite a, a bit obsessive. Like I love to work on a project and really dive deep. Like it's all or nothing kind of. Um, so I, yeah, I put a lot into that, um, and, and did well, but probably was mainly cause I was, I was fearful of failing. But the other thing with dentistry I found, which really, really helped was we had such an awesome group of friends, um, like a great group that really support each other. Literally in the first year, like we split up the whole course and then, you know, different people would, um, summarize different parts of the course. And then you'd kind of share all that and collate it together. And it was, it was, it was great. And these are friends that, you know, still have today and people I'll see on, on the journey I'm about to embark on and people in Canada and people all over. So, um, that was really, really cool. Um, clinically like watching someone do dentistry for, almost 10 years or on and off for 10 years doesn't make you any better at driving a drill around a, a mouth. So I was <laughs> pretty, um, what's, what's the word? Um, that was a bit of a struggle at the start, but really started to enjoy it once you get the hang of it, as you all will, if you're sitting there thinking second year sim clinic's really hard. Um, it is really hard, <laughs> but you, you get good at it uh, and there's no problem there. Yeah. And I don't know, it was, it was, it was a good time. That's a very interesting experience uh, that you had in Central America, finding out your GAMSAT score that you passed. Uh, I can see why you why you were eager to get home and to start uh, to start your dental journey. So uh, I guess we'll kind of shift things over to your early career. So you've graduated, you're starting to look for jobs, as I'm sure a lot of other graduates are uh, at this point in time, uh, and the word mentor and mentorship gets thrown around a lot. And I think it means a lot of different things to different people. David, what were you looking for in a mentor when you were looking for a job? It's an interesting question. We ask that a lot, don't we? And um, we talk a lot about mentors and how important it is. And and I totally, that is so important. But uh, I think when I was looking for where I was going to work after graduating, I had a few factors that kind of slimmed down who I was applying to in a way. Um, so it was a location, obviously, and people probably know I'm, I'm regional, um, New South Wales. And then it was also I, I had 
watched CEREC be used for um, or CAD CAM technology be used in private, um, private general practice for a long time and really thought that was amazing. It was one of the things that inspired me into dentistry. So a practice that had that was really important as well. Interestingly, usually a practice is up to date with their equipment is more on the up to date with their like techniques and more able to, I guess, um, mentor you in my eyes. That's what I see. Um that's not always true, but that was what I experienced as well. And so the, the practice I ended up working for had, you know, Sarek was very well set up from an um, equipment point of view. Um, I actually started, as I said before, I think with um, James. So a good friend and I started together. That was <laughs> that made things pretty easy because um, we could then ask each other all the questions as well. One of the things I, I, um, with mentorship, I think I always, well, I've said this before, but you get what you put in. The onus is on you as the person wanting the information or the help. And what I mean by that is you can't go into a practice expecting it to be a curriculum like uni. Like uni's all structured and everything. You get out into private practice and it's it's up to you. Like, you know, if you want to go and learn something, ask a question, you need to ask the question, you need to make the time um, and you need to realise that the, um, say, the principal or whoever you are asking or whatever it is, you know, they've got all of their stresses and things going on and, um, you know, often they have very little time for that so you can't expect it. So if you really um, want that to work, then perhaps you need to, um, you know, talk about having half an hour every week or an hour every fortnight or like not not a hell of a lot of time just where you can pack in those questions and and organize it perhaps the other thing i've noticed working in a practice where um there's uh, four locations and eight dentists um seven to nine dentists at any time i became relatively senior fairly quick but the graduates some you know would make the time and ask questions and i was always there and if any of you are listening i'm still there but often those questions didn't come um, and I think it's because we often we start, you know, doing our dentistry and just we're so busy and our head's down and we're not, you know, we don't make that time ourselves. So mentorship's what you get out of it and you need to make it work. Is That's what I think about. Yeah, that's really interesting. And it's also interesting what you said about, you know, your specific situation and wanting to find a practice that also had maybe the technologies that you wanted, wanted to learn and Therefore, you would maybe have a bit more mentorship about learning those specific type of equipment, be it CERIC or, you know, learning how to interpret CBCTs. You know, you have to do a course for that. But, you know, just having the technology there is, is I think, a you know, big advantage. I think so. I, I must admit, I will say there's, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of dentists out there that are probably at the other side of the coin where they don't have all the technology because they're probably looking to wind down, but they're actually probably looking to pass on that baton like they want to support and help people as well so i guess the other thing is when you go to an interview um you you want to kind of think about what kind of person is this and where what am i going to get from this as well um but you know you're not interviewing them per se but you're you consider that um and you can usually feel if you've got a ability to read people um it's usually fairly obvious yeah yeah interesting yeah i like the part about you saying that you it's you know it's a it's a two-way street you you get what you put into it you're a regional you're a regional guy you're moved to port macquarie um country boy i should say no well yeah that's the thing i'm not i'm from sydney um but i was just like man better (laughs) that's not great country (laughs) yeah yeah. better dental work like better work conditions in my opinion like you'll be busier if you're in regional for me like beach bikes and not as many people is what I 
want. So I'm like naturally, I don't know, an introvert. I prefer to be in the bush than in the city. So, um, so from my point of view, it was like perfect, easy move. Um, but I think even from a like clinical, um, you know, first couple of years experience thing, like all the graduates I see who have come and then perhaps left, you know, two years or whatever, they were doing lots of ton. They were fully booked and they were doing all all the range of work. And then they might move back to the city and then things actually get a bit limited. So, like if you're willing to do it, I think it's great. And, but everyone's different and for some people, you know, that's not what it's all about. And let's be honest, dentistry is our job, not our life. So if the city and your family or your friends or whatever it is is really, really crucial to you, then don't even consider it. It's whatever works for you. I know, Graham, you're, you're um, similar in mindset around the bush, and you know, like around the getting out regionally and um, into nature but also you, you're coming up my direction. So what made you think um, that was right? I like asking questions more than answering them. So clearly, <laughs> the, the, the tables have turned again. <laughs> yeah, I think I partly agree with you in that uh, I was looking for the same thing and having a good start to the career in that you know full books that you'll be learning quickly. If you see more people, some people may disagree with that, but I think that's uh, you know it's good to be busy in your first couple of years. I've always grown up outside of a city, so having a bit of a slower pace of life, I think, is really nice. Uh, I'm also uh, with my partner, so, you know, I think going somewhere in the bush bush was out of the question, but somewhere (laughs) closer to the beach uh, is a little (laughs) bit more palatable, if you will. (laughs) Can still drive back to Sydney. And can still drive back to Sydney, yeah. So, I I think once we had those boxes checked and found a, a practice that fit what I wanted, um, then yeah, I think it, I think that's, uh, was, you know, some of my reasons for wanting to, wanting to go regionally. My wife didn't want to go to Tassie and I was like, yeah, Tassie would be sick. Like, you know, <laughs> heaps of work and you know, mountains and all that, but yeah, cold most of the year. Cold, I have convinced uh, her to do 10 weeks in Tassie on this trip that we might talk about in a moment, but, um, so yeah, there's my Tassie experience, but that'll be, that'll be it for a while. <laughs> oh, you, you got there and hopefully you're going to get there in the end anyways. <laughs> What are you focusing on this year? What are the CPD topics, the disciplines that you really want to get better at? And how do you find all the information out there on those topics? cpdjunkie.com.au is made to be a comprehensive directory of CPD in Australia and New Zealand. We created this because we found this frustrating and now there is a system where you can be alerted if there's topics that come up that you are interested in. Make an account at cpdjunkie.com.au and update your alert settings. Every month on the 20th, we send an email sending you the information specific that you want to know about. Interested in communication, aesthetics and orthodontics? Same. Update your alert settings now. Take your CPD to the next level with cpdjunkie.com.au. So, uh, in terms of the the job that you got, obviously you're uh, happy with the location. Was there anything you necessarily weren't happy with or things that you didn't learn that you wanted to? Yeah, I guess every one thing I'll say about the practices you're in, and this I'm like not going to talk too specifically about where I was because it's obvious, but um, which it was a wonderful experience. Five years, like I've learned so much, is fantastic. But um, every practice will have its pros and its cons, and and for a graduate who comes out thinking they're going to get into this magical practice that's perfect for them and everything's like you know roses. You're totally dreaming. Like there, there are always HR issues. There are always other issues. There are there are 
you know, there's lots of things that different things that can be a challenge. Like one of the wonderful things about the practice I was in is there was no like production targets or, or things like that. And like there's pros and cons to that. I, I can understand production targets because if you're losing the, the practice money, then that's a problem. Um, but, it, you know, if you're not, I think having, you know, no targets was nice because then you, you, you just do what you think is right. Um, and that's what you should always do. But, um, yeah, so that was, that was good. The other thing, I guess, is, you know, if you don't own the practice, you don't really choose the materials. You can have a say, but, like, you know, you're dreaming if you think you can, you know, always call make the call on what exactly you're using and you know because they're all different supplies and costs and challenges there um but you you might find the perfect place um yeah everywhere has its pros and cons i was really i was happy because i could do also working in a few different locations so we there was a number of practices in different demographics and that was quite fortunate because those different demographics, literally I was doing different dentistry. So um, more of a, re- oh, call it a retirement demographic, um, more of a, a country and farmer and like mixed demographic and then a more low socioeconomic demographic. Um, and so literally more Crown and Bridge at one and more EXO at the other. And, and which is great, good experience. Um, you know, it's totally up to the patient what you do. So it's up to them and you get to do different things. So some people obviously end up in a practice where they're only doing certain type of dentistry and that's fine but early on I, I like the idea of having well-rounded and then narrowing down afterwards so yeah no it was it was good it's not nothing in particular I think no that's interesting and and I think what you said about you know going to a practice is all going to be unicorns and rainbows and roses I think that's yeah uh something that a lot of uh, graduates going into their first job won't really know about. We don't know about HR issues and admin issues. All we know is clinical dentistry. So uh, it's uh, it's good that you say that because I'm sure a lot of our listeners will probably run into some problems or already do have some problems and say, you know, do other people have these same problems? But think about this as well. If you're the associate, remember the beauty of it is you're the associate. You don't have to deal with the HR and the admin issues and maybe they're putting challenges on you and maybe you know, for some people maybe it's time to find a different place that doesn't give you that stress. But if you're, you know, if you don't own the practice, you can focus on the clinical dentistry um, but accept that, you know, the other side of the coin is things can be challenging. Um, yeah, I couldn't imagine graduating and then going straight into focusing on everything. I think you'd let clinical drop. But I have seen some amazing people do it. So, you know, each to their own. You're clearly an entrepreneur at heart. What drove you to create side projects like Dental Head Start and CPD Junkie? I was saying I'm like kind of all or nothing um, before. But you know what? I've Some people are and some people aren't. But ever since I was really young, I was always trying to like figure out that way to build something, create something or make money. And like, so like wash cars as a, you know, 10 year old or so, no, maybe not 10, 12 year old. Um, we used to, <laughs> we used to buy, this is really bad. Don't tell the chocolate company, but you'd buy the like mixed bag of like chocolates and then go sell them um, <laughs> for like a markup price. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they say like yeah, not yeah, for yeah. individual sale as <laughs> well. Right. We were too young to be prosecuted for that, I think. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, I've always like been like I've loved that kind of thing, creating and or making a path to I guess create, making money. I guess I used to um, online poker was a thing. I played a, a lot of I'd call it kind of semi pro. Like I had a job, but then it supported my like extra stuff and took me through through a lot of that travel as well. Um, but yeah, I, I really like the 
creation, I guess. It's like people can be a creator or, I guess, an artist. Like you can do audio content like this. You can make music. You can draw. You can whatever. You can create businesses. It's just another way of expressing that as well, but it's more of a a mix between creating something um, for a purpose. Like Dental Head Start, the purpose is to help students become good graduates. And and like then you can build that thing around it. And that's actually been fascinating and so enjoyable um and then creating cpd junkie that was me and um omid azami so we both are podcasters we've been on a very similar path um and then dr jesse green as well as our uh, mentor and, and third um founder but that you know we found that you couldn't find cpd all in one place so we wanted to create that like little hub for dentists for the community and and so building those things has been tons of fun and the thing is like i'd prefer to be building those things and like sitting and watching a show or something um I, I must admit we'll probably get into this um but like that has taken some shifts over time and then i'll talk probably a bit about like burnout and just uh, overload and different stages we all go through but um yeah uh, at the time i think i was doing those kind of pretty heavily for two years without like it was fun. It wasn't job. Um, so, yeah, I don't know where that really comes from. But, like, definitely in the future, small business was a big part of why I thought dentistry was cool um, because you can have that autonomy and that um, control over, you know, your life and your journey with the risks, the pros and the cons. So, yeah, I, I just, I don't know, I've fallen in love with it. Mm. And I think definitely as, uh, since you're my boss, I definitely have seen <laughs> a lot of, you word. know, you you know you go you go one hundred percent into it, so uh, I love that. Uh, hundred or zero, you yeah. notice both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I really love that, and I feel like everything you said, especially just then, really resonates with me, and it's why I'm so excited and just like happy being a part of Dental Head Start, right? Because I think as a student, and there, I, I think the a lot of my friends are quite surprised by because I guess it's a very un unconventional job to be helping out with the dental podcast because usually for students it's like oh you go assist or you go observe and I'm like hey I help out with the podcast but everything you said before is just like I don't I don't feel like it's a job because it's just so enjoyable it's a creative outlet it's networking it's like building a community and like yeah I just find it really fun and it keeps it interesting so it's not all just clinical there's so much more to it and like the whole dental um, field there are so many different avenues that we can explore and I feel like that's something you've definitely done right David like you've got the clinical aspect of it there's the mentoring but you've like you know you've you're creating content and then you're creating a, a CPD like directory as well right it, it touches on it touches on balance though you know we talk about balance and I know this sounds stupid because I've balanced with a dental podcast but like like what I mean is more just not just clinical so one of the beauties of this and and I could just do two hours of dentistry and earn more money than um, what I earn from the podcast like you know there was a small income from the sponsors but it's not huge but at the same time I I just took Fridays off I worked four days clinical for the last two years and that was awesome like I'd go and do like any different work with um, the podcast or different things. I'd be at a cafe. I'd go to, to lunch with my wife. I'd go. I'd ride for a couple of hours in the morning, or like that flexibility, and, and then doing a different thing where I'm making a network with podcasts. Like having something outside of dentistry that may not earn you very much money. It might even be charity work. Like whatever it is, it's just you've got that ability to do it because honestly, because you're a dentist and because you in four days I can earn very well. There's no trouble there. Um, so yeah, and everyone who's listening, you'll, you'll get the same point balance with whatever you like. 
and finding like fulfillment in different areas as well. Because it's easy, like we were saying before, like, you know, dentistry can become us, but that's something that we should very much like try to balance out by doing all these other things as well, right? And, and not overloading. It doesn't have to be like a business thing. Like, uh, you know what I mean? I, I, I'll get to that, I guess. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I really want to jump into, because I feel like this is like what the listeners are listening in for is just like, let's talk about Dental Head Start and like the podcast itself. Because we've heard all about like, hey, this is kind of like the background, like who you are, like what your motivators are, what inspires you. And like we teased it before about what got you to start the podcast um but like I just want to ask a little bit more about it like was that scary starting the podcast and like putting out your very first episode putting yourself out there like setting up your Spotify accounts the blog like I feel like that's very daunting and did you feel scared doing that or worried about people's responses I think starting dental head start as a blog and as a, like a just a content thing trying to help people with little tips that probably wouldn't have happened without James um, and, and that's cause like you were talking, obviously it was a, a joint venture and a joint thing, but James is, um, he's, <laughs> I hope you're listening, James, he's an extrovert. He's a, you know, he's a people person and he knows, you know, pe- like he's, he's just more comfortable in that space. And so we were able to do that together and that helped that first hurdle. Um, but then, uh, yeah, releasing the podcast, uh, y- yes, for sure. Like this kind of thing is definitely doesn't come natural. Although I, I love interviewing and I've really found it fascinating to go down people's journey and just have that like selfish opportunity to ask questions about a person's life and and whatever you want but um it's not a natural thing i'm anxious every single time um and so yeah it definitely is it it is daunting but at the same time and and you always hear this when you if you are someone who's interested in this kind of thing you hear in like the self-development and business field like you got to put yourself out there and blah 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 all that stuff like you got to push past your boundaries and it's so true like the you know what i've got from this the amazing network of people meeting people at yourselves and being able to help those people listening is just so worth it but it is a challenge and to be honest it's a challenge that doesn't disappear um even I'll, i'll extend that to dentistry like you will probably all feel the same way or not all but many when you go to work especially after a couple of days off um like going to work you know just that um that anxiety before i've felt that for years um and i don't know why because i felt very comfortable clinically and very comfortable when i was there and once i started but just before it was quite normal to feel a bit anxious especially after a few days off like a long weekend so yeah i think that's normal it was normal for me um maybe it's not normal for you yeah but like so dental has started off almost a would you would you call it as a bit of like a passion project to start off with? Did you have expectations of what it would become? Like, did you have goals or you know numbers that you were looking to hit? And then did it surprise you? Like, were there any moments where you're really taken aback? You're like, oh wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's um, I didn't really have goals from that point of view. It was more just like goals to interview people I admired. Um, so, and then, but then obviously those people, like people want to hear their story. So that's the, the reason it's successful is not because of what I've done. It's because there's amazing people on the podcast and that, that that's, yeah, that's been awesome. Um, I did, I didn't expect it to definitely didn't expect it to become what it's become because it's also become like a self and I hope this to be the future. It's a self 
fulfilling thing like I want it to be something that continues without me at the helm so to speak Um, I want it to be something that's just a staple in the industry for students and graduates and getting all those stories out to the people and something that can sustain itself and and I think we're definitely at that point Um, and that is something that's pretty cool because I think most people like you know if you start a podcast or something content production that's kind of centered around yourself um, when you stop it dies and and that's fine, um, but it's pretty awesome to think that it won't because I really hope it doesn't, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, that's pretty much like the the kind of the future and the trajectory or projection of where Dental Head Start is going, right? And I think with me and Graham kind of, you know, stepping up a little bit and doing some of these interviews, we are also, you know, kind of in the position that you were at two years ago when you were starting to interview people, that anxiety, trying to figure out our voice and you know, how to do it um i guess from on behalf of both graham and i we wanted to ask you know what have these two years of interviewing been like and what have you learned from being the interviewer and you did say before that this is something you're super passionate about and that there is a lot that you enjoy about being an interviewer what has it taught you I think the biggest thing, like, and this is a bit different to dentistry. It's like not the dental tips and tricks. Like, obviously, there's, you know, amazing content that you learn from a dental perspective. But it, it learn like, the biggest thing by far is the interview, the ability to listen and to ask the right questions, to leave space and allow people to talk, to um, to probe and not step on their answers, if that makes sense. That it, 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 you, would, you would come back to communication, as, as cliche as it often is we talk about so much about that. But that's just been so amazing to see and to, to enjoy that um, process and that what you can learn from a person. And I find myself talking to my patients. I, I, I tend to get to know my patients quite well and, um, you know, they know me too and the ups and the downs and, um yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to be able to recognize that there's more to what they're trying to say, if that makes sense, and, and allowing to open that door for them to say it, uh, especially an anxious patient or whatever. It crosses over quite a lot. Um, from, you know, from a more dental-specific thing, like two years of interviewing the best people in the industry, that's been pretty good, <laughs> like obviously. Um, and so that's been really wonderful to see all the different personalities as much as skill sets, um, the, the different fields, the different people with their passion in this industry. And the other thing, probably the biggest surprise I had from, you know, day one to now or, or through the first couple of months really was how open people are to helping and to really supporting the industry doing these podcasts some of them obviously have you know a lot of people would do it uh, because they want to help but they also have like a backbone business because they're an entrepreneur of course they do Um, and that's totally fine but many do it just because and and you know they probably feel that anxiety too and they still put themselves out there because it's going to make a greater benefit to the community so i really respect that and um you know, appreciate the kindness everyone shares. And I think when people talk about finding a mentor, sometimes, you know, it's not just about messaging the person that you always see post, but often if you message them, they'll respond. Or often if you see someone who's acting in the community, they're they're more than happy to help you. And yeah, it's, it's a supportive community for sure. As dentists and dental students, we all have difficult days. You may experience workplace or training demands that have a direct impact on your physical, emotional and psychological health and well-being. This is exactly what dental practitioner support is for. It's a completely confidential and independently run service that's funded by the Dental Board of Australia in an effort to support practitioners and dental students right across the country. 
Sometimes people call just at the end of a long day to debrief, but sometimes they call because there's more challenging things going on. Dental practitioner support is there for you in these times to give proactive advice, help you improve your health and well-being before there are major concerns. We all need a helping hand sometimes and it's okay to ask for help. So if you find you need it, call 1-800-377-700 or visit the website dpsupport.org.au. They have loads of great information to get you started. I was talking to a friend recently about just like how dentistry in Australia compares to other countries and they were saying how they feel like in Australia we're a very op- there's a very open community and there's a lot of support and a lot of people sharing you know information and knowledge all the forums and even like we said with dental heads like you started this what two three two years ago when there wasn't really a dental podcast in Australia but since then especially during lockdown there's like heaps of podcasts now and it's so just like everyone's creating a podcast but information is so readily available and everyone like you said is so willing to share information it's so nice and maybe it's that cliche quote of like a rising tide raises all ships right but I think it's like a really positive outlook especially for the dental industry in Australia and I guess we have to be you know you're very much at the forefront of that David with like you know creating Dental Head Start and like making this a staple in the like and yeah, like you said before, I think you said like a staple in the industry and beyond just, you know, David Kia and the Dental Head Start podcast. Building on from that, what do you see the future of Dental Head Start being like then? Because I think this is kind of where we're at with a bit of a transition um, going forwards. Yeah, definitely a bit of a transition. Something like this, like I said before, it, you know, it's, it is everyone knows my voice who has listened to it before and I and and I love that that's really cool I find it really weird when people know my voice and I don't know them but um it's not sustainable and so what I want to see is a support it's it's almost like a support network but not really it's just content to keep those eager young dentists and students engaged and learning in a different medium and I want that to continue past me um and while at the same time i I found 2021 from a um, productivity point of view like talking about me and entrepreneurial stuff and trying to build stuff like i really found that to wane um in 2021 i i think perhaps a little bit of that was like burnout and trying to you know do too many things or um you know i can't really put my finger on it but at the same time you know a lot of things happened in 2021 uh, that you know, we'll, we might get into, but um, it's just changed my perspective. And so what people may or may not know, like I'm about to take 12 months off. I'm, I've left that great job that I had. Um, I'm about to travel with my wife and daughter and, and just go and experience and go and do what I did 10 years ago when I went over to Canada and Central America and go and get lost and perhaps get bored and perhaps broke. And that gives you the fire to go again and and that's just kind of the way I'll probably live my life forever. Like I'll have bursts of crazy um, productivity with some years of crazy adventure and that's what I plan to do. So like right now I'm in Queensland, I'll be going back through, you know, through the East Coast to Tassie and then around and we'll do Australia trip. So I won't want to be producing content at that time. Like I'm looking to take a step back and recharge and so – Dental Head Start needs to evolve for that to work. And obviously, you know, Erica, Graham, you've both been a core part of this podcast for a year or more, both more, but, you know, you're stepping into the forefront. Now people, you know, more know who you are because um, 
that's how it's going to continue. And so I want it to still be what it was. I want it to be feature interviews, what I wish I knew, um, short tip-based podcasts. Um, I want the you know the content to come out the same way, and, but I also want it to be a bit, a little bit more community-driven. And maybe that's not the right word because it'll be more like team-driven. Um, but the team, like if someone's out there and wants to contribute, reach out because there's positions and there will be, you know, a flow of people through Dental Head Start who create what make it what it is kind of like an association like a student association that um you know runs for years and years but doesn't have the same people for more than two um you know maybe you guys will do a longer stint than i did but yeah i want dental head start to be there in 10 years and for me to like knock on the door and say oh who's even running it now (laughs) if you know what i mean and I, i want it to still be helping people at that point and we we also talk about a big part of the podcast being that giving component as well and this also being something that we're changing next year in terms of um our sponsors and how we get it um like how we keep it sustainable right and we also wanted that just um open disclosure or just full like transparency about it do you want to touch on like what kind of your plans are from that front like how we are sustaining the podcast one of the podcasts i listen to um and now that i'm thinking about it, i have to uh the dent podcast it's a business style podcast um an australian person glenn carlson uh, he runs um um business coaching but it's an awesome podcast and it's always got a really deep vein of giving and giving back and that's where b1g1 buy one give one um kind of came from because i believe he like knows the people or something and that's something we did with dental head start but that giving concept like really instilled that even deeper in me it's always been something that's important to me but now i feel that with dental head start we talk to a lot of people like thousand people listen every episode and so i want those people to you know be influenced or or inspired i guess by that and i think the best way to do that is lead by example so um also if i'm stepping back you know i'm definitely just i want that to be its own organization so we want to turn into essentially a not-for-profit so basically podcast it's not free but it's fairly cheap to run um (laughs) you know there's some staff costs um so that people are doing like the background work graham edits erica does all the social media and pretty much organizes everything um you know that is paid stuff but then interviewing is not paid um we've got to you know pay for like you know software subscriptions but once that's all done there's leftover from those amazing sponsors who support the podcast and i want that to then be donated to charity and that to be driven more of a core thing from maybe the community from different reach outs different projects and we'll be able to you know be a a a thing that's giving back and as as we said the podcast is something like a core vein of like the dental community hopefully giving back becomes a bit of a thing as well um we're in that position we can do it i love that i feel like it's all about just like giving and sharing and building a a nice um community so that's how i foresee it but i was you know saying just before that i want this to be a little bit more team or community driven what do you guys see the future of Dental Head Start? What do you think is good? What do you think I haven't mentioned? What's inspiring you? Why are you even wasting your time on this podcast, Erica and Graham? <laughs> well, before I even joined the podcast, the the Dental Head Start podcast was my f- favorite podcast to listen to. And uh, I guess I guess I'll go into how I joined uh, really, I was uh, the editor for a, um, a, a school-run newsletter within the dental school, and we do a feature interview. Funny enough, we do a feature interview um, 
every we, we've published two articles a year and the first semester one I wanted to do the feature interview um, I wanted David to be the one I interviewed and sure enough when I asked him he actually came back and asked me if I want to uh, edit podcasts and join the team and it got me really excited and just took off from there and I've been involved ever since and I feel like being part of Dental Head Start has been great in that we've been able to create content that keeps people engaged and wanting to learn. And I think that's the whole part about Dental Head Start, but also uh, engaging the community and, you know, giving money to charities and disasters that have happened. You know, we had the bushfires, we had the, the floods, and I think being able to give back to the communities has been really special and, and meaningful and has kind of added that extra uh, layer of, of community feel with Dental Head Start. And, and that's kind of where I want it to continue to go. You know, you talked about being a non-for-profit and we have this, you know, the, the fees to run, you know, to for the software and the staff, they're really not all that much. And that excess money we can use to maybe engage our audience and find out have a couple of choices of charities that we give the money to, but ultimately we want to have the podcast as a, you know, a sustainable podcast, but any excess money, we want to be transparent about it and, and give to charities like we have done in the past and maybe even do it on a bigger scale. So that's kind of where I see it going. It's um, interesting you say you reached out to me and then the opportunity arose. That's like, I just wanted to highlight that like the opportunities come to those who are out there. Um, and unfortunately, if you're an introvert, you still have to get out there. Um, so like it's the same with the podcast. Like I've, you know, I've, a lot of opportunities have come from the podcast a lot and none of them would be there if I hadn't put myself out there. So, you know, if you're someone sitting there wanting something or to be involved in something, just ask, just talk. Just make that network. It's really hard to do. It is, but it's worth it. What do you see? What's the future, Erica, of Dental Head Start? What are you going to make it be? <laughs> I feel like, yeah, just listening to you. And as Graham was talking, I was also thinking about just like, yeah, what does Dental Head Start mean to me? And before I could even get to it, David, you just said the one word that came to my head, which was just opportunities. I actually feel like the podcast, even just working behind the scenes, really helped me grow as a person and also um, helped me define like what I wanted. Because even before that, I feel like I was in dentistry, but not really sure if this is what I wanted. Um, and I think the podcast kind of just showed me, wow, there are so many avenues in dentistry and there are so many opportunities. And when people ask me now, like, why dentistry? I'm just like, my one answer is just opportunities. And it can just take us down any route and any avenue and just like you can make it like you said you can make it what you want it to be and that just excited me and then you know when you decided that okay you're taking a step back from the interview and you wanted us to step up again that was more opportunities and what I saw there was really just the ability to build a community and something that was beyond just us and I feel like that's kind of what's sold the idea to me in that, like, I think I differ from you and Graham in that I'm an extroverted person. <laughs> I love talking to people and just like the idea of building a community and something that is bigger than us and being part of a project. Like, I really like that idea. And it's been so nice just watching the podcast grow and seeing our listeners and people that engage and then the content that we create. It just, it's nice to be something, being a part of something bigger than us. And especially your vision, David, with just like the future of it and how you're like in 10 years, 
we want this to still be standing um, on its own feet and being like self-perpetuating. Like I think all of that excites me. And I think what we say is just keeping it contemporary. Is that the right word? How you know you started this as a new graduate, you kind of did what you, like you built it to what it is, but then um, you're no longer really a new graduate anymore. But the whole point of Dental Head Start is to be for the students, right? And so kind of like introducing Graham and I into it. And then, you know, hopefully our listeners can grow with us as well. And then as we grow up, then we have new people coming on. And I feel like that's such a nice idea and like what Dental Head Start's all about. It's easy to become a little bit detached, I think. Um, not that I'd say I completely am, but like five years out, I don't know, you, you, you're questioning, like you were saying, perhaps we're talking off air about interviewing and you're questioning it'll be quite different as a student versus a you know ex- five years of experience as a dentist, for better and worse, if that makes sense. So I definitely think the podcast and most of the listeners are probably in the earliest stages and they'll, they'll get a range of benefits. But as a student asking the questions, you're asking what that listener wants to hear. Um, and then Graham, as a, a new graduate, congratulations, by the, the way, Graham, um, just about to come out. It's been a hell of a couple of years. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's um, – yeah, I really hope that to, it to continue and not just become a boomer podcast. <laughs> just me. But I'm like middle age, still doing a podcast. No, it's not, probably not going to happen. I think that's very nice. They're kind of even just what we have at the moment where we have Chidham who's like what like what close to ten years of experience. And like I'm sure our listeners when they hear her podcast, she's just so full of knowledge as well. And she really is able to delve into it and like they talk all about a lot of clinical um, aspects. And then there's you who's like, Are you out like five years now, David, right? And then Graham, who's like, you know, going to be a new grad, and me as like a dental student that still has no idea what is going on. Um we all have hopefully no idea. that gives Erica, our it's all right. <laughs> But hopefully that gives our listeners just like a range of perspectives and like, you know, someone that they can relate to as well, which is, I think, a big part of it is just, yeah, we're on the journey together. We're learning. I think um, something I want to comment on, if you're a listener who's been listening for a while, you know, Dr. Chidham Capel's awesome and she brings such a, a, a great um, insight to the podcast and, and different interviews and, and she'll be continuing and maybe doing some features and some cool stuff. And then Dr. Bridget Wall was with us with, and she helped launch um, What I Wish I Knew. Um, which was another, like, you know, she reached out and said, oh, you know, I love the podcast, what can I do? And then that opportunity arose, you know, for her. And, and, and yeah, I'll, I'll see, I see that being like the, the consist, consistent kind of flow of like different inspirations coming through the podcast, I hope. I hope. David, you've asked so many people about what advice they have for young dentists and new graduates. What advice do you have for new graduates? <laughs> the thing is, uh, like... I get that opportunity to ask people who are great and already at the leading leading in their field. So I, I feel like I'm a bit of an um, imposter when I'm answering those kind of kind of questions. It's a broad one. What advice do you have for new graduates? My and I guess people always hear you say it, but communication. But also, you know, one piece of advice. I was thinking about this obviously because obviously you're going to ask these questions. Um, <laughs> so one thing I, I would say or want to say is. Why did you get into dentistry? Like what do you say when someone asks you that? Like one of the things most people would say is they wanted to help people and and it's amazing that we have this opportunity. We have um, a superpower. Who I can't remember who, which podcast or where I heard this but like, you know, we all have our own superpower and ours is like getting people out of pain and, you know, doing dentistry and giving you confidence from your smile and confidence in your ability to chew without breaking teeth. Like that's a, this, our superpower and so – 
we are able to help people with that. And I, I think one of the things I would say is don't lose sight of the reason you personally got into dentistry. It might be, you know, to help people get out of pain and, and to help, you know, the everyday person who probably can't afford like high-end dentistry and, you know, they they come in maybe just for um, uh, symptomatic relief and they're quite anxious and, and there's a – even though, you know, those patients um, – sometimes can be quite challenging, sometimes can be even like angry, aggressive or difficult. Um, but remember why you're doing it. You're helping people. And that person who was a real pain and really rude was just anxious. So like uh, and also I guess what I'm trying to say is if you got in to help people, you can still have, you know, amazing, do amazing high-end work and you're helping those people get to that level or you might be doing um, more um, – preferred provider like faster dentistry and you're helping more people or you might be doing like what I see my niche of what I love to do is help people with like the people who are a little bit anxious the people who want that relationship and higher end service if that makes sense maybe a bit slower I am not a farts dentist and I don't plan on being one um I literally don't even care if that makes sense that's not the right word but um i do care patient doesn't want to be there for too long um but i I want to give them the best service and that's something that's why i got into dentistry so like don't lose sight of that if you're then looking at you know what someone's earning or what someone's doing they're placing implants in year one or two it's like like did you really get into dentistry to like beat the joneses like you don't mean like (laughs) compare yourself to the neighbor no you you got into it to help people so help people in the way that you feel you can best do it and and keep yourself happy because of that you know you're not putting yourself under excess stress because you're doing what you like and love and um yeah not overdoing it Hmm. yeah i love that you're you're on your own journey we're all on our own journey and it's about finding what we like to do and finding our meaning and purpose i guess within the profession and outside touching on that the like outside of dentistry our balance i said before now uh this year has been you know not as focused i guess and and that's partially why i'm taking a year off but perhaps you know i could say perhaps i overdid it but i don't feel like i did it's just that my interests change and my the flows changed i had a few personal challenges we may have heard if you're a listener of the podcast that my wife and i lost our, our son our second born um earlier or well, late this year and so big events like that um obviously change your perspective and change your um i guess change your path but yeah maybe that was just the icing on the cake for me that that made me think all right it's time to take a take a break i think balance of some kind is critical though like get out of dentistry and you're like oh i haven't earned any money so i'm gonna go and work six days or like seven days or something stupid i'm like work four days and like work work four days and, and enjoy work and work for longer and you'll earn money, <laughs> more money, if they know what I mean, and do better if that makes sense. Instead of working the fifth and sixth day burnt out really slow, like not really doing that extra thing because you just rebook it for some other time. You're just spending more time at work, not more time working um, with patients. So, it, yeah, I definitely think that that's a critical thing and not to get ahead of yourselves. But we all do it. We all want to – well, we all need to earn money when we graduate. We're all broke. Yeah, no, that's really well said and, and I think um, – you know, I hope I speak for all of Dental Head Start and our audience say that, you know, we're hopefully we're able to support you through, you know, your tougher times and, and um, you know, that you came out stronger. Something I'll say of that is, um, you know, we all have our challenge and our tough time. You know, everyone's got their trauma and the more, like a lot of my patients were aware, you know, we were expecting or were aware that we lost the baby 
Asha or, um, you know, for different reasons. And you find that these patients, they have their story of trauma. Like everyone has their, their thing, I guess, that they're, they're coping with. But what really, really matters is your network. And so um, I was talking before about the like professional network through Dental Head Start, but then, you know, not working so hard that you lose your friends. You know what I mean? Like keep your network, your family, like these people, these, this is all more important than dentistry. And, and that's what's allowed us to, you know, cope as well as you can cope in such a horrible situation. So thank you. I appreciate what you're saying. And yeah, everyone who's reached out. Thank you for sharing your story. I feel like I speak on behalf of all our audiences as well, but like David, your support and generosity has kind of like, you know, what's always been a big, you're kind of modeling it as well, right? And I think just even when you talk to Graham and I, where you're always saying like, you know, what comes, your your order of priorities, right? You're always like, you know, family and friends, like our own mental health and then school and then you're like, you know, dentistry and like the podcast or like all that kind of stuff, you know, comes later. But you're always so emphatic about like looking after ourselves and putting that at the, the front. And I remember even just examples of like, you know, at times where I've like, you know, being overwhelmed with things. I, I, I still specifically remember this one time where I was like super overwhelmed and I just sent you a message and you were like panicking. You're like, oh my God, let me, let me like, can, like, are you free at the moment? I'll give you a phone call. Like, let's talk this out. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, but, you know, you just like leading by example as well and like figuring out those like boundaries and finding that balance of things. Because like you say, and I think it's a passion topic of yours as well, but just like looking after our own mental health and like, burnout and you know yeah just not letting dentistry overwhelm us or like our work overwhelm us it's you can't help others if you can't help yourself if you know what i mean so if you're not feeling particularly stable yourself a lot of people who want to help anxious patients for instance like I, i'm i would say it and people think it's ridiculous because i run a podcast but i'm fairly introverted and like you know anxious before um you know, interviews and things, but like, so, so, I, so it's close to my heart. So I then can relate with the patient in a way it's different. Like I'm not anxious about dentistry, but it's, I can relate and therefore I want to help those people. And, but at the same time, if I wasn't feeling well myself or, you know, if I had, was angry or, or frustrated, whatever the problem might be, I might not be as tolerant. And therefore at the same time, I'm not able to connect with that patient. And therefore this patient who's coming in for symptomatic relief doesn't come back and therefore they're still on that symptomatic treatment every couple of years train if that makes sense so if i can't help myself if we can't as professionals be you know our our best selves we can't then help the best if that makes sense so in a way i kind of turn it full circle it's like you need to look after yourself if you want to be good to others if that makes sense and yeah if you are in challenged by that in different ways you you know reaching out to whoever it is it's your family or friends or a professional or you know dental practitioner support amazing company or, or group that are supporting dental practitioners these things like do it before it's a bigger problem like we're saying with reaching out for opportunities like just take that step i don't know how we tied that in to be honest but i think that's really really important Yeah, definitely. And like, yeah, again, like saying, reiterating it, but like, yeah, thank you for being so open with it and letting us follow along with your journey. And even now, like, obviously it's been a trying year, but being transparent with it, keeping us on board. And I think all of us are excited for the future and like what happens going forward. I am too. I'm excited to travel around Australia and listen to you guys interviewing some amazing people and getting the insights. (laughs) Do you want to tell our listeners just briefly, like, you know, what are the plans? 
for the next year going forward, David? Yeah, we um, we bought a caravan. We've got a little um, little caravan where and my daughter's three, so bunks. <laughs> going to drive pretty much around Australia. We're going to um, go. We're in Queensland now, but we're going to go south, New South Wales, some mountain bike riding in Jindy, and then down into um, Victoria, uh, more mountain bike riding, um, and then through to Tassie for ten weeks, more mountain bike riding. So maybe I plan that bit. Um, and then Adelaide, and then the plan is WA and all the way around fairly, fairly quick through there. We want to be back for one year for Asher. Asher, um, he rests in Port Macquarie, so we want to be back there for the one year and then maybe some snow back to our roots um, for a month and then who knows. And that's pretty exciting. So, you know, the, the open-endedness to it. Um, the, the goal for us is to recharge. We always plan to do a big trip before our firstborn went to school. Uh, and so we brought it forward a little bit, um, you know, considering recent events. And, yeah, it's just to take some time to get bored, so to speak. When I come back, I'm, I'll definitely go into my own thing. Um, obviously, I like business and that's a no-brainer. But, um, yeah, but for now, it's just time to enjoy life and the whole point of all of this hard work. I'm also doing Invisalign and I'm halfway through, so I, I might need to reach out at different times for dentists in different areas to help me. Um, so who knows? <laughs> you might find I'm knocking on your door. In you know true dental head start fashion, it's only right that we ask you this question, which you end every podcast on, David. But you know, if you could ask every dentist that's about, or any dental student that's about to graduate, and you could share one piece of knowledge with all of them, you know, what is the one piece of advice you would give? Well, I'd always say communication, but it's such a cliche answer. But the thing I want to give a tip, and the thing I've learned from interviewing so many great people and listening to their stories is that when when you are listening to someone tell you something, don't jump in, don't rush to answer, don't think so much about what you're going to say next. Think more about why and what they're talking about. And so often you might have a patient t- say they hate the dentist and you could just say tell me more about that these things we hear it all the time like you even learn it now in dental school like you know open-ended questions it's not bs it's actually a huge opportunity to learn more to uncover more think of it like digging down and then you uncover something new and dig down and then uncover something new and that gives space for that conversation it's not sometimes those couple of seconds of of silence is very um, it's a challenging thing until you get used to it and good at it but it is a a wonderful opportunity to find out more and sometimes you'll find out more about your patient that you know they are fearful for a certain reason or they had a bad experience with a certain type of procedure or they or they've just had their own trauma in their own life personally as something that like these little things make such a big difference to your connection with your patient. And if you're just jumping in thinking about what you want to say, then you'll never find that. I, I must admit the other side of that coin is in some practice settings, you don't have a lot of time. I'm not talking about wasting someone's time either. I'm not talking about sitting there and not doing dentistry for the first five minutes purposely to ask questions if a patient just wants to get to the point just get it done (laughs) like don't stuff around i hate that comment when it's like oh i never let a patient you know lay back for five or ten minutes that's a joke but many patients there is a lot to uncover before you start and yeah give it space give it time and i feel like that tip also translates to all aspects 
of our life just beyond dentistry and like even as you were just giving that tip right there I remember you saying that to me when you know I decided to like oh first start doing the interviews and I feel like it was very relevant for today as well right but just like you know why I wanted to step up as well like you know try giving it a shot is yeah I think in life and just being like you know building relationships with everyone like our patients but also our loved ones our friends strangers our colleagues is just you know being a good listener and listening and you know get outside of our heads and just like yeah be in that moment so yeah thank you for sharing that tip and I feel like it's a very important one just in general to be aware of yeah that sums it up perfectly I think a lot of the skills we learn in dentistry in in maybe our side hobbies in whatever it's for our whole life because we live uh, we work to live our life we don't live to work and so make sure yeah it's about more than just dentistry but it's a great way to sum it up and i'm pretty excited about what the future of dental head start holds even though i won't be a big part of it i'll still be kind of popping my head in every now and again i might really get excited and want to interview a person here or there but i think it's in really good hands with dr chidam capel erica Huin, and dr graham pearson or very very soon um so yeah thank you guys it's it means so, so much, much that it's continuing mm, thanks david thank you so much for all you've done and like for starting it up this is a super fun podcast and we wish you all the best on your journey thank you cheers it's 2021 we're used to cloud-based software enhancing and optimizing every aspect of our lives but what about something we use every day our dental practice management software now imagine something rethought from the ground up, designed for intuitiveness, leveraging the capabilities of today's technology. Something that optimizes our daily workflows and actually meets the changing needs of modern dentists to stay competitive and connected. Principal practice management software is just this, intelligent, efficient, and intuitive. Because it's 2021, and you can expect something more. Go to principal.dental to learn more. Thank you so much for listening to the Dental Head Start podcast. I genuinely hope this is helping you become a better dentist. So if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe on your podcast player and I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go to social media and share something that you've appreciated from us with one of your friends. That's how the word gets out. That's how more people gain and benefit from what we're doing. And if you're a dental student or a graduate and you want to get a head start, go to dentalheadstart.com start to find everything we're doing to help dental students become great dentists. <laughs>